Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your humble, happy hosts, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Julie, I have to call back in. So, listeners, we're going to pick up where we left off the other day, and we're going to talk more about leads. We're going to we're going to talk more about specifically scarcity versus abundance in your mindset about different aspects of your business. And I was actually reviewing a survey that we sent out to all of you guys. You should have gotten it in your email. You can also just respond to it on the main website, timandjulieharris.com. And the survey, let me find the survey so I can read you guys the title so you know which one it is. So we sent you two surveys recently. The survey that we that I'm going to be referencing today is called the Lowdown on Leads Agent Survey. So we're still getting results in for this. We just started this the other day. But I want to share with you something specific uh, to that survey so far. That There's two res- responses, two questions and responses that we've gotten so far that actually goes hand-in-hand hand with the topic of scarcity versus abundance. And that's really what the topic of today's radio show is. And, uh, Julie, you should be unmuted Julie? Nope. Okay, so here's the here, – I'm going to read you guys these questions from the survey. So in 2017, my lead generation plan involves purchasing buyer leads. These are your options. Purchasing seller leads, purchasing both buyer and seller leads. And the last choice was I don't plan to purchase leads at all. So for those of you who haven't done the survey yet, I'm curious, where would your answer lie? Where would your answer be? So, again, do take the survey because it will be interesting to see what you know, the cumulative results are. And we have about 500 respondents, and we'll probably uh, uh, publish the information you guys can have um, all of it then. Julie, are you on? I think I am. Julie, yep, <laughs> you, you are me. now. Okay. Okay. So, no problem. So I was telling you about the survey that I sent out, right, that, we, that mm-hmm. me and uh, Gina put together. And, and with responses so far, these, this first response and the second response to this question about leads – I just thought it was a perfect way for us to get back into the topic of scarcity versus abundance, which is what we've been focusing on. on this is the third sure. part of the, the show. And the t- 2017, my lead generation plan involves purchasing buyer leads. These are your four options, Julie. And I haven't shared this uh-huh. with you yet, so I'm sort of curious what you think. Okay, so Julie, what do you think? Mm-hmm. How do you think most of our listeners will respond? So here's the first question. And my 2017 lead generation plan involves purchasing buyer leads, choice one, purchasing seller leads, point two, purchasing both buyer and seller leads, uh, you know, option three. And I don't plan to purchase leads at all. Which do you think most of our respond, our listeners so far, how they've responded? I'm curious what your opinion is. I would hope that most of our listeners, because we're fairly clear about lead generation, I would hope that at least 50%, maybe a little bit more, are not planning to or don't feel that they have to buy buyer leads or, or seller leads. But I would bet that there are still some people that are digesting that and coming to terms with it and the fact that you know they might have to upgrade some skills in order to feel confident about not just handing over their credit card. That's my guess. Were you guessing, or did you did you see this already? No, did I'm you, guessing. Did you have any ex- your, that you guessed exactly correct How about that? So far, the people <laughs> cool. that have responded: purchasing buyer leads, 17%; purchasing seller leads, 
uh, 10%. Purchasing both buyer and seller leads, basically 23%. And I don't plan to purchase leads, are people, Julie, 49%. So good job. You guessed that there one correctly. Yeah, so guys, this is this is really a great way. Well, it is awesome because you guys are finally realizing, and you can see when you take the survey, you'll see the other questions we talk about. You know, in 2017, I expect the quality of the leads I do buy to increase, decrease, stay the same. I don't plan to buy leads. You know, and, and th these different questions you guys need to go through and, and do complete the survey. We will share with all of you the results. We are going to make this into a white paper so and publish it for the industry. Maybe it will make it on to Inman and uh, maybe National Association of Realtors can use it as well. Here's what I'm discovering from this survey and a couple of the other surveys that we've done. I think, and I've, Julie and I have been saying this for at least three years, the lead buying trend, specifically buying buyer leads, has, and again, guys, I promise you this is all about scarcity and abundance, so I am going to circle back around and make it relevant to today's topic. But the trend of buying buyer leads in particular started in 2007, really. I mean, it started before that with, you know, Realtor.com, but really at the end of the day, it really started in earnest in 2007. That trend is circling, the, is coming back around, and it's going to essentially be just as I'm describing it, a trend. You're going to start seeing, and here's the problem ultimately. So let's say, for example, you go to Zillow and you buy a particular number of impressions or you buy whatever. Now, those same impressions, those same folks are not just going to uh, land on Zillow. They're going to other websites as well. They're going to other websites that maybe you haven't even heard of, people that have designed specific lead capture websites just to gather these buyer leads. So when you buy a buyer lead, and this is the reason it's one of the questions too, again, take the survey. When you buy a buyer lead maybe 10 years ago, that buyer lead probably was just going to you. And so is a decent buyer lead. Now when you buy that buyer lead, that buyer is going to five or six or 10 or 20 different agents. You guys realize that? Have you noticed that the when we say quality of leads, right, we talk about, and let's just define quality as how urgent they are ready to buy or and maybe in some cases sell a home. So let's just define quality as that. Have you noticed that the quality of the leads that you're purchasing are being pushed further and further out? In other words, you get a buyer lead, and they'll indicate, well, I'm not really in the market for the next 90 days. I'm sorry, but someone who's you know, saying that they're not really in the market for the next 90 days really isn't in the market at all. That's not a lead. That's just a name and an email address that you just paid for. So as you're thinking about what you're going to be doing for your lead generation folks next year, do seriously consider finally getting off the buying buyer leads bandwagon. So what will that leave you with? It will leave you with the acceptance of the fact or the realization of the fact. It may be painful in some of you who haven't been in the business for maybe about five or six years or less. You don't realize that people have been generating their own leads. Agents have been generating their own leads for you know, forever. And it's not that difficult. Matter of fact, it's painfully easy, especially especially buyer leads. Buyer leads are the easiest leads in the world to generate as long as you have a listing. And that's what we're all about. We're going to teach you guys how to generate your own leads. Focus primarily on how to generate listing leads because when you have one seller, one listing lead, you should be able to with just virtually – frankly, spending no money on marketing, just normal stuff, you should be able to generate at least 10 or 15 buyer leads from that one listing per month. Now, what are you guys paying for each of your buyer leads? Hundreds of dollars per month, thousands of dollars per month. It's interesting, isn't it? It's a paradigm shift. A lot of you are – it's not easy for you if you've not been in the business for a long time to realize you can do it yourself, and this does come down to scarcity and abundance. Is your belief about leads – 
that they're hard to come by? Is, is your belief about leads that they have any value? We're here to tell you that leads in general have no value. Uh, now, look, just hover there. Think about that for a second. A lead is just a name and a number on a piece of paper, and that's it. Does that have any value? If it well, does, it, it's the phone I'll sell you your you local know, white pages. Right. Well, exactly. Now, a pre-qualified lead that you call back, that and you pre-qualify, or and you determine their motivation and their ability to perform, their financing, all the rest of it. Now, that has value. But what really has value is a signed contract. So get out of the paradigm and the belief that leads themselves have value. They don't. A lead that's pre-qualified has more value than just a plain old lead, and then obviously a signed contract. Focus on what really matters in this business. Don't get suckered into the belief that leads themselves have value. So back to the idea that one buyer, you know, 10 years ago would go to one agent. One buyer lead, if you bought it from, say, uh, Realtor.com, would go to one agent. That's the way it originally worked. Now that one buyer is going to maybe 20 different agents. Well, those 20 different agents are all putting that same buyer into virtually identical drip systems. So then now that one buyer is getting listings information, by the way, the same listings information from all these different agents. Do you see how ineffective all that has become? It's called oversaturation. The only way for you to break away from that and the only way for you to really continue to grow your business or make your business just be absolutely stunningly amazing is to focus your energies on becoming a listing agent, and then the buyers will follow. You have 5, 10, 15, 20. Some of our agents have hundreds of listings. When you have listings, you have to beat the buyers off with a stick. So if you're buying leads in general, it's because you maybe need to consider the fact that you're scarcity mindset. You believe that they're hard to come by, so much so that you're willing to pay money for them but Julie and I are here, and obviously the thousands of folks that listen to us every day, 159,000 of you guys on a regular basis, according to our stats, are listening to our podcast. A lot of you guys have finally accepted the fact that, yes, leads are everywhere. Leads are abundant. Every single person you know, every single person you run into, every single person is in the market to buy or sell, rent, lease, invest. Everybody is in the real estate market because everyone needs a place to live, Right? That's the beauty of this business. So stop thinking that leads are scarce. They're not. As long as you believe leads are, com- are hard to come by, you're going to continue to do dumb business things and buy leads. Fact. So True. learn how to generate. Learn how to generate your own business, guys. And you know you can just step away from that. Some of you, after you get really efficient and become listing agents, if you decide that you want to dip your toes back into the water of buying leads, and you find different things maybe are good at generating. Let's talk about that. But don't have that be your primary lead generation spoke. Don't think that you can build your business around buying buyer leads. You can generate transactions probably, but you won't make any profit because you spent it all. So, Julie, does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And one of the things that our coaches do is a kind of a fun little exercise where we have one side of the page with a stick figure called Mr. or Mrs. Buyer, and the other side of the page is a for sale sign. And we say, okay, so from this buyer – how many transactions are you likely to do? Maybe one, because that buyer doesn't have to buy, right? There are sellers who have to sell, but no buyers have to buy. They can rent, they can live with mom and dad, they can stay where they are, whatever, right? So that's maybe them, 
maybe a referral in the future. Maybe they'll repeat buy or sell with you, but this is all big question marks. So we draw question marks around the stick figure. Then on the right-hand side of the page with the for sale sign, we know, assuming that that is a qualified, motivated seller who has to sell, who then, of course, will allow you to price it in such a way that it can sell, that you'll have that sale. You have the possibility of selling it yourself. That seller might also buy with you. The sign itself when worked properly, the way that we teach you to do, open houses, 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE, doing your home brochures the correct way, will spin off. I mean, I have an agent, Tim, in Detroit that told me that she has a listing. She doesn't even really love the listing because it's on a seriously busy road. It's tough, but guess what? Busy road, great advertising. She's already closed not one, not two, but eight buyers just from having that listing. So the listing is a lead generation machine. The buyer is surrounded by a lot of question marks, if that makes sense. Just trying to get well, a little it does. visual but, here. So guys, release from your mind the idea that it's difficult to become a listing agent. Release from your mind that you have to wait to become a listing agent. Let go of the idea that you can't just foc- that, that you, you know, that you should be focusing your best energies on buyers. I get why you guys like buyers. I do. In your minds, you think it's a 30 to 60 day paycheck. It does require less skill, let's be honest. It does. It does require – you don't have to have as much of a professional, you know, organized systems and all the rest of it. But all those things are simple to do. That's what the real estate – that's what the Premier Coaching Program is all about. Again, we understand, appreciate, adore buyers as much as all of you guys do. But if you want to have a long-term, really powerful real estate practice, you have to – oldest saying in the world, learn to list or you won't last. Premier Coaching is all about that. We're going to teach you guys how to be powerful listing agents. That is our focus. We're the only ones in the industry, as far as I know, that's actually being completely honest with you about how to build your real estate practice. Any, anyone who's telling you to buy buyer leads or is not is condoning it, to be honest with you, is not being honest with you about the fact that becoming a listing agent is where the money's at, especially in a changing market, especially when the, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, when the expireds are increasing, when the you know. For sale by owners, a.k.a. unrepresented owners, when they become more and more disenfranchised, they will list and they'll list with you. Yes, I know a lot of you don't know how to list a house. I know you don't have a pre-listing pack. I know you don't have a listing presentation. I know you know you don't know how to overcome seller objections about commission and pricing and all the rest of it. That's what the Premier Coaching Program is all about. And then there's some of you who say, oh, Tim, I know how to do that. Okay, do you now? How many listing appointments did you go on this month? None. Okay, well, then you don't know. Take this opportunity to become really, really good at becoming a listing agent. Make that your mission. Make that your passion. Make that your thing. Make that your one thing. Make that the thing for you is becoming a powerful listing agent. Premier Coaching, guys, it's only $99 a month when you use the student approval program. It's a real coaching program. You get uh, one, let's see, one private coaching call per month. In addition to that, per week, you get two to three per week. You get two to three semi-private coaching calls. You get our listing presentation. You get all the lead generation ideas. You get the objection handlers. You Every single aspect of what it takes to be a powerful listing agent and a buyer's agent, for that matter, but definitely focus on listing agent, that's all part of the Premier Coaching Program. And it is only $99 a month. When you use the student approval program, it's like $99.18 or something. Let's be technically correct, right? All you have right. to do is complete that form, and we'll call you. Uh, we'll you know name, email, phone number, and we'll call you right back. Um, some of you guys are going to get calls anyway, just because you're frequent uh, visitors to the site. So we're going to identify you, call you back, offer you a free coaching call with one of our enrollment coaches. 
And when you do, we're going to give you those six free books. You can see them right there on the screen. The, oh, frankly, my two favorite ones are Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate and, of course, the Real Estate Treasure Map, so get those completed. So, Julie, let's just jump right back in so we can finish out this topic. You got it. So we talked a lot about how you know if you're scarcity-minded, and we have moved on to what to do about it so you can be abundance-minded. So we're going to start with point number four. If you missed previous points, get back with the podcast. You know, those are all right there on the website to get caught up on. So point number four, how to get into abundance. Cultivate your generosity and philanthropy. By sharing what you have with others, you begin to see several things. First, you often feel good about what you've shared. You've improved the other person's life. And in fact, they've even proven that chemically in your brain you get the, uh, what, I can't remember the name of it, but whatever the, the uh, little chemical is that makes you feel that, that hit of happiness when you have shared something, when you have given and, and given that generosity. It gives you an immediate, there I just wrote it on my notes, an immediate adrenaline boost, keeping you in the positive and abundant mindset. But secondly, you often find you don't really miss what it is that you've shared. It's not taking anything away from you. And third, when you share regularly, the law of reciprocity is on your side and people will give back to you. So Tim, we're showing lots of examples of this on our private Facebook page for our members. This is, of course, the quarter of generosity and our students our members have put together such really great um, we call them give backs right so for example the wrapping paper project that's been huge and we have lots of examples of yes from a simple wrapping paper project and I can go into that if you want me to but it's all there on the Facebook page listings are being taken for real why is that because of the law of reciprocity. You're giving something as simple as wrapping paper to help somebody out during the holidays, and then there you go. So hopefully that makes sense, right? Yeah, and on the Facebook, on the private Facebook page for students, for members, you guys will have access to all the other things we've talked about as far as, uh, you know, how you should be, as Julie said, showing appreciation for all of your past clients, your centers of influence, and um, frankly, this is a great time of year to do it. Don't use this slower time or at least, you know, essentially there's a lot of people that are going to naturally put their move on hold until, you know, after the holidays. And yes, coaching clients, we give you gobs and gobs of ways that you can still get these guys to engage doing business with you. We're not suggesting that you just have this long list of leads that you're going to call in the spring. That's a huge mistake because when you do it that way, that same list of leads is going to show up on 10 other agents' you know, list of things to do. So don't do that. Go get the contract signed. Post-date the contracts. Get a commitment. Just you know, make it work around the seller's expectations is when they actually want to start the activity. But do not let a lead just linger. That is a huge mistake, okay? Don't do it. <laughs> I was going to tell you guys a story of when I – okay, I will tell you a story. True story. Story warning. <laughs> story warning. All right, so Julie and I, as a lot of you know, sold real estate. We sold a lot of real estate. We are, And towards the latter stages of our uh, real estate career, we're selling real estate in an area called New Albany, Ohio, primarily New Albany Country Club area. Well, we had sold a whole bunch of houses in this particular area um, called Brandon, if I remember correctly. And one of the sellers, see, we had one, two, three sellers who had all, uh, they were, two of them worked for the same company, the other one was upsizing. And they all decided that basically they were going to put their houses for sale in the, in the spring. No problem. Emailed me, called me. You know, Julie and I even, uh, one of the things we would do for all of our centers of influence and past clients is we'd drop them off a little uh, bottle of wine between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, we'd drop it off Saturday morning so that we could actually have interaction with them. They're always very appreciative. That type of thing is what we'd really love doing. Made people 
you know, frankly, it gave us an opportunity to have nice informal conversations as they're still in their pajamas inevitably on a Saturday morning as we give them a, a bottle of wine to, you know, hopefully have during one of their celebrations. It was fun. Do the same thing if you guys choose to. So anyway, having all these nice little conversations, three really great listings that were going to come our way in the spring, have these conversations in November, December, and then what did your head coach do? I didn't follow up with these guys. I just assumed because they were our friends and we had these nice conversations with them and then we'd sold them their houses and that we were you know, living in the neighborhood that they lived in and all the rest of it. I just assumed that I had those listings locked down. Oh, yeah, I don't need a contract signed. I'll just wait till the spring. No problem. I'll call you in the spring is probably what I said. What happened? True story. There's an agent who was essentially – I didn't even know she had a real estate license – she is in the same was in the same community. Her husband was some executive at some company. She probably I don't even think she was a full time agent. Pretty sure she wasn't. Well, there was a Christmas party uh, that I think she hosted or was at some place. Somehow she came across all these sellers. One talked to the other, talked to the other, and then she ends up listing all three of these houses. Now they're the only three transactions I at the time that she'd ever done in the community. But because she had this direct interaction with all these folks. It, she ended up getting these listings. I had these, this really nice relationship with these people. I thought these people knew us and loved us. <laughs> we gave them wine, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. And they still end up listing. And these are three listings, guys. These, these were worth probably over $3 million, maybe 3 to $4 million. And they ended up listing with this other gal. And I called one of them. Actually, I called all the sellers after they ended up listing with this other gal because all, all the signs went up really quick. And I called and said, what the heck happened? And this is what they told me. And do not make this mistake, listeners, especially coaching clients. They said, we, um, you know, we thought you were too busy. When you didn't follow up with us and you didn't come over and get the contract signed, to, to a seller they all said this. By the way, these sellers didn't necessarily – they didn't scheme together to basically you know, screw Tim and Julie and list with somebody else. They probably didn't even know – that they'd all were talking with us individually about putting their houses for sale. I don't, I don't believe there's any kind of contact like this. But they felt neglected because when they had told us in October, November of the previous year that they wanted to put their houses for sale next year, I didn't march my butt over there and get those contracts signed. That must have left, left an impression of me being lazy, me being uh, complacent. I don't know. The fact it's is it was bad. Who knows? Yeah. Yes, the who knows. So they ended up listing with these other with this other agent. Don't make that same mistake. That goes back to the idea that when you have a lead, you got to go lock it down. Just keeping a lead on a dry erase board or on a yellow tablet of paper or in a you know lead follow up thing, do not fool yourself into thinking that business is going to come your way. So that was my <laughs> that was me coming to the real estate coaching radio confessional and telling you about a mistake yep. that I personally made probably. I don't know, 15 years ago, and you guys cannot do the same thing. When you have a lead, no matter how much you think you have that opportunity locked down, go get the contract signed. Do not make the mistake that your coach did. <laughs> Learn from the mistakes of others. You don't need to make your own. You don't need to have original mistakes. Learn from the mistakes that other people made. Right. So, Julie, next point. Funny you should mention that because the topic in mm. our premier coaching this week was exactly how to create movement when it seems like all of your buyers and sellers are stagnant, right to your point. And I don't think you even knew that that was the topic of this week's call. I didn't. But that's exactly what we talked about in, in what you said. You know, you can get post-dated contracts. You have a date that you work backwards. If they're worried about staging the property, getting the carpets cleaned, whatever, take action was the theme. So, well put. All right, point number five, creating abundance. 
or the abundance mindset, create win-win situations instead of winner-loser situations. The winner-loser situation is a symptom of a scarcity mindset. So the, the scarcity-minded believes that for every winner, there has to be at least one loser and that not everyone can win because there simply isn't enough to go around. Well, negotiations in real estate are the obvious application of this. Negotiation means bringing two parties together for a mutually beneficial outcome, not killing the other side and some of the other stuff that you guys say, making them bleed, making them cry, winning. Okay, negotiation means bringing two parties together for a mutually beneficial outcome. When you're clear on that, you have winners on both sides, and you actually will do more transactions with less stress to you as well as all of your clients and colleagues around you. So that's kind of a hot button, as you can tell. I get a little fired up about that. Does that make sense, Tim, <laughs> the negotiating thing? Point number – You've heard agents say that. I want to make them cry. No, that's yeah, not how you do well, it. It's ego. That's a, just basically an mm -hmm. ego approach, and you're not putting the best interest of the folks you're supposed to be serving ahead of your, frankly, your ego. What's the next point, Julie? Point number six, stating that it's too soon to tell will serve you well if you want an abundance mindset. Sometimes bad stuff happens. And, Tim, you just used a perfect story from 15 years ago, too soon to tell why the real estate gods tortured you with the three clients who didn't list with us. Too soon to tell. It was meant for this radio show right? But we didn't know that 15 years ago. So stating it's too soon to tell will serve you well. Sometimes bad stuff happens. When it does, the scarcity mindset will often be there haunting you about how unfair it is and how other people are somehow luckier than you are. Lose the scarcity ghost and replace it with, it's too soon to tell. The road to success is paved with many failures, but if you train yourself to say it's too soon to tell, you're going to get out of that scarcity mindset. Ready for the next well, point, Tim? Well, Julie, let's make... Let's make yeah. this practical, though, right? The problem with over-celebrating your victories, especially in a market like this, I've become hyper-vigilant of not saying especially anymore, by the way, Julie. So the, <laughs> the, main, the, number one, the number one thing to keep in mind is that I know you guys are experiencing a lot of contracts that fall out. It's normal in a changing market for buyers to get cold feet. It's normal in a changing market for, you know, all these types of experiences. You, it's the higher-end stuff that you guys have where the buyers are just completely, totally flaking out on you, when there's an uncertainty in the economy, when people have an option of not having to buy or sell, generally speaking, they're going to take the option of not having to buy or sell. The only way to offset that, you can write better addendums, you can basically lock folks down more, you can do better prequalifications, you can all of that. Really, the only way to offset that is emotionally you have to tell yourself it's too, too, too soon to tell. So when you have a victory, don't celebrate it because if that deal blows up, that victory blows up, then you're going to be crushed. Or if you have something that blows up, and, and you just stay in the dumps of feeling depressed and sad and real estate's not for you and all these other types of things you guys say to yourselves, then you're, you're, you're not going to see the opportunity that's right next to you. You're not going to see the opportunity that's all around you at all times. Remember, guys, scarcity versus abundance. The abundance mindset sees that there's opportunity everywhere. So when you have a really good thing or a really bad thing happen, opposed to jumping into the mosh pit of emotion, whether it's negative or positive, tell yourself it's too soon to tell. That's really, really powerful, and it'll help you through a changing market. It'll help you through the emotions of dealing with disenfranchised and, frankly, sometimes disappointed sellers and buyers. It's too soon to sell. Be like Buddha. So you can basically be the guiding light for a lot of these guys as they go through their you know, emotional gyrations. Who knows what next year is going to be like, guys? We're going to come up with uh, come out with a white paper 
Uh, it's going to be uh, in the next 60 days where we're going to give you guys our predictions. You have your own. What does your market feel like? Remind yourself, it's too soon to tell. Julie, so the next point, which is really good, is stop compare, comparing yourself to others, especially on social media. That's a really, really critical point, Julie. And I love what you wrote down. In the scarcity mindset, all that matters is how you compare to others. In the abundance mindset, what matters is how you compare to yourself, how you live out your own ideals in your, day, in your own day-to-day life. Social media, guys, is basically a narcissist dream. That's what it is. All these best of albums, isn't that what Facebook is? You know, it's, it's just kind of funny. Do not think that social media is real life. It's not. I, you know, if I'm telling any, anyone over 35 already gets that. Anyone younger than that who has basically grown up on social media or it, they've been wired in so long they don't, can't imagine because they never have had a life or they haven't been wired in. The problem with the social media stuff, guys, at the end of the day, is some of you are actually believing that that's going to be your primary lead generation source. Some of you actually believe that that's going to make it so that you don't have to learn actual sales skills, how to deal with sellers, how to deal with buyers, how to go after the business yourself. It does not matter which superstar we interview. It does not matter whether they're selling 1,000 houses or 500 houses or making $100 million a year or making $5 million a year. Listen to the interviews. Listen to our top coaching clients on this radio show, and they'll always tell you the exact same thing. And by the way, they will always will tell you the exact same thing. When it comes to social media, when it comes to anything digital or direct mail for that matter, it enhances direct conversations on the phone primarily or in person. It does not replace some of you who are new in the industry. You have yet to earn and learn the sales skills necessary to essentially be successful, and so you struggle. So you stuck, you're stuck in this buying buyer leads paradigm that we started today's share, uh, show out with. Take the time. It's not that difficult. I promise you, it really isn't, to learn how to be a masterful listing agent. And then the social networking stuff is going to enhance what you're doing offline. That's how to actually think of it. That's how a business person would think of it. I do think it's valuable. Don't get me wrong. I do see tremendous value and shoring up relationships on social media. But your business, generally speaking, will always come from the conversations that you take off social media, the off online conversations that go offline, or the offline conversations that are enhanced by the online. Does that make sense, Jules? Yeah, absolutely. It's not that we're you know adamantly, vehemently against it. It's how you use it that makes a huge difference. So be careful about that, and especially the addiction to the constant comparison of yourself to everybody else and everybody else's situations. It can be toxic. So point number eight, and I think we're going to wrap this uh, series up. Point number eight, keep a gratitude journal. Keep a simple journal where you note at least three positive things that happened that day. What are you grateful for? What surprised you? What went exceedingly well? Even tiny victories will accumulate to equal a healthier mindset, one of abundance and of success. And I know that a lot of our listeners are already doing this, so kudos to you if you've already activated your gratitude journals. It's a great time to do it if you haven't already, so that's really uh, easy homework to do. And then, of course, well, point I'm, number nine, don't do it alone. Well, Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, don't, well, here's the thing about any sort of gratitude. Here, and this is an experiment that all of you, it, no matter whether you're walking, driving, working out, 
we know that you have us in your ear doing many different things in your life. We have some folks that uh, we've gotten pictures and email, which we really think are awesome, where people are listening to us in big meetings or people are listening to this radio show while they're having glasses of wine and they're relaxing in the evening. So I really love the fact that you guys have made us part of our lives. Frankly, you've been part of our lives for the past 20 years, so it's about time you guys come around. <laughs> so here's the thing with gratitude, and this is a little experiment for all of you. And, Julie, this, is, this will be their homework. If what you're, I think you were going to say a version of this anyway. Yeah. Is right now, as you're sitting, standing, walking, driving, whatever you're doing, I want you to think of five things that you're, that you're thankful for, five things you want to show gratitudes for. Five things that really, really make you happy. Look, it could be your family. It could be your dog. It could be your house. It could be the car you're driving. You're surrounded by things that you should be showing gratitude for. You're surrounded by things that you should really, for a moment, internally, if nothing else, show some appreciation for. So here's a little psychological thing that happens, and I don't understand why it works this way. I really don't, and frankly, I don't care. All I know is it does work this way. When you're experiencing the emotion of gratitude, and I say five things, because when you do it for five things, then you're going to stay in that emotional state for longer. No matter how pissy of a mood you're in, no matter how cranky you are, no matter how whatever's going on in your life, if you think of five things one at a time and hold those things in your mind, whatever it is that you're, what, what you feel grateful for, hold those things in your mind, feel the emotion of that person, that pet, that it could be a thing. I mean, I'm grateful for our house. I'm grateful for all of you. I'm great. So what, come up with five things. Hold the emotion of the gratitude in your mind. It doesn't have to be for long, you know, five, ten seconds. And then do that for five separate things. I promise you, after you've done that, heck, it won't even take for you to go through the whole exercise. After you've done that for two or three of the things, you will find that you feel calmer. You can think clearly. You're less emotionally engaged in the negative. You're going to start seeing and feeling the clarity that you need to have in order to manifest all the success that you so rightfully deserve. Experience that whenever you want to. Julie and I, like I've told all of you guys a million times, we do that most mornings when we go on our walks. We'll actually share with each other five things we're grateful for. Why? Because it sets our mindset to have really positive, powerful days. No matter what Mickey Mouse is throwing at us during the day, we yes. started our days out in gratitude. And that, you, that stays with you. And if it doesn't, if you're somebody who's just so mired in drama, yo, you love media, you're loving the election news and all the crap that's on TV, and you're just watching Facebook feeds, and your life revolves around that external input that's mostly negative. If that's the person that you have maybe, without knowing it, become, and you're no longer in control of your own emotional state, when you do this gratitude exercise, you're going to probably actually feel some serious, <laughs> almost pain from disconnecting from all the negative emotional ego-based drama that is associated with virtually all forms of media. The gratitude makes you present. That's the power of it. The gratitude makes you an appreciation. The gratitude, honestly, guys, it's where your highest and truest self is waiting for you. So do that. That's your exercise. Come up with five things. Hold them in your mind. You know what? For fun, if you guys want to email us, I'll share some of your things that you're gratitude, uh, in gratitude for with other listeners. I think that will help to motivate them. 
uh, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, listeners, please, please, please complete the surveys. You've been emailed. I think you're going to be um, in the email that you, a lot of you get every day that includes uh, the link to today's show. You'll see a, a survey uh, you know, asking you to participate. Do participate. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. If you want to email us at any time, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Remember, guys, for any reason, at any time, you need to get hold of us for anything. Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.